the Sports Talk live from Merrimack Radio, WMCK, with your host, Harrison Chase. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack College Radio, WMCK. As always, if you have a take or comment, feel free to call in by dialing 978-296-3245. That's 978-296-3245. Coming up in a little bit, I'll be joined by Merrimack College's men's basketball player, Jordan Miner. Uh, so make sure to hang on with that uh, to that as he has entered the transfer portal and basically is going to end up leaving uh, here at Merrimack. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll get an idea as to where he might be going and, and what he is thinking of uh, as far as what the future holds for him. Uh, as far as happening in the last week of sports, starting with the Boston Celtics after having a tough weekend dropping down to the third seed in the Eastern Conference, they have seemed to make a turning point, getting themselves back in second place of the Eastern Conference with a 52-23 and record behind the Milwaukee Bucks, who are 53-21. and the Caesar coming off of a big win yesterday against the San, San Antonio Spurs, 137-93, as they look ahead to a big week playing the Washington Wizards tomorrow night, and then the biggest game of them all against that number one seed Milwaukee Bucks Thursday night, and then the Utah Jazz back home Friday night before heading into their final week of games next week. As far as the Bruins go, they are back on a seven-game winning streak, beating the Senators 2-1 on Tuesday night. 4-2 against the Montreal Canadiens Thursday night. The Tampa Bay Lightning 2-1 on Saturday. Also clinching the Atlantic Division for the 27th time in team history. And then wrapping up their week Sunday with a big win against the Carolina Hurricanes 4-3 in a shootout. And doing so without Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and Hampus Lindholm, Who all were off to get some very deserved rest ahead of the playoffs. This win against the Hurricanes puts the Bruins at 57 wins, tied for the most in a single season in franchise history. Not only that, but David Pasternak also recorded his 50th and 51st goals of the season, being only the sixth Bruin to do so, joining Cam Nelly, Phil Epsicito, Ken Hodge, Rick Middleton, and Johnny Busick. Looking forward this week, the Bruins will play the Predators tomorrow night, the Blue Jackets Thursday night, the Penguins on Saturday, and closing their week out Sunday against the Blues before heading into their final week of the season next week. Happening today at the NFL Coaches and Owners Meetings, Denver Broncos new coach Sean Payton made it clear that the team will not be trading Cortland Sutton nor Jerry Judy. As far as the uh, Patriots go, both Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft uh, spoke today at the yearly events with Belichick, you know, being his uh, usual self, not saying much, um, you know, asked about multiple topics, uh, you know, and I'm paraphrasing when I when I say this and, you know, he when asked about, you know, if fans are worried and referring back to the 25, you know, to the past 25 years or 20 years, if you will, as some type of insurance uh, for all these fans. So that's interesting. But then, you know, the argument against that is to say, well, yeah, well, you've had Tom Brady. And it comes down to the fact that the record, Bill Belichick's record, just is not good um, without Tom Brady. And so even, you know, going back to his days at Cleveland. So interesting uh, situation as far as that is concerned. As far as uh, Robert Kraft goes, we always look for Robert Kraft. He's not afraid to uh, speak up. Just some of the quotes he said, uh, I think we've made some moves and changes that give me some hope for the upcoming season. 
Um, reiterates being a fan of Mac Jones, but acknowledging Bill Belichick is in charge of making football decisions. Um, telling the media he still believes uh, in Bill and said that getting Bill O'Brien was at the top of his list. Uh, also did say, was asked about, you know, uh, keeping Bill Belichick and, and, you know, kind of if they don't make the playoffs next year, you know, is his job at, you know, in, uh, in jeopardy. And he kind of steered away from that as if you would, you know, as you'd imagine. Um, and he said he hopes Bill Belichick is able to break Don Shula's record, but he's focused more on getting back to the playoffs. Um, and kind of, like I said, didn't note, didn't really, you know, jump on that on that losing record um, possibility. Here's an interesting fact, though, as far as um, when coming to uh, Lamar Jackson, is Robert Kraft said Meek Mill texted him three or four days ago and said Lamar Jackson wants to be a Patriot, and Kraft said it's Bill's decision. So. That's an interesting uh, standpoint there. Can take it as you want, but interesting to see, you know, where he is uh, as far as that is concerned. Uh, Before I get into the, uh, to my interview with uh, Jordan Minor, let's just touch real quick on the NCAA uh, tournament. Um, There are no, there are no more um, uh, uh, number one teams in the bracket anymore. So it is now down to uh, the final four that's going to happen next uh, next weekend. And it's going to be the five versus the nine seed, San Diego State versus Florida Atlantic University. And then it'll be Miami versus UConn. So the uh, San Diego State versus FAU will be the first game Saturday night at 6.09 p.m. And then around 8.49 p.m., Miami will play UConn to obviously advance to the national championship game, uh, which I believe is going to be on Monday. So interesting, you know, situation, uh, obviously, for um, for what to call it for the final four and the national championship, etc. And so we'll see where it uh, we'll definitely see where it where it takes us, if you will. Um, so, um, with that, I suppose I'm going to uh, start my uh, interview uh, with Jordan Miner. So, let me just uh, get connected and, and situated here. Um, and I will, uh, I'll get that going for you. So, hang on. I'm now joined by Merrimack College's men's basketball player, 6'8", senior, Jordan Miner. Jordan, thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. First of all, uh, congratulations on an unbelievable season and uh, winning the NEC championship. Tell me about that. What was that like to win the uh, conference championship here at home? Yeah, I mean, it was a dream. I mean, we had, you know, the community out showing support. So, I mean, it it was everything and more than I ever imagined. So, I'm just glad we got to do it with you know, my teammates and glad we got to put on for the community, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, Merrimack's on a uh, four-year suspension of uh, competing in the national championship run, also known as March Madness, due to the move from Division Two to Division One. Uh, what was the feeling like to beat Fairleigh Dickinson in the conference championship 
and not being able to move on, but having Fairleigh Dickinson win their playing game <laughs> right. and then go in as the last seed and beat one of the number one teams, Purdue, in the first round of March Madness. Man, it was crazy. I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch that Purdue game until like halftime. I seen it was up by one. And I had to tune in, so I watched like the last ten minutes, and that may have been like the most sick I've ever watched. <laughs> Watching a basketball game that I wasn't involved in, so it was hard. It was definitely hard. And then when they moved on to play Florida Atlantic, I was kind of ruined for them, just to hope that they advance and stuff like that. But it was hard. But you know, it's nothing that we can really do about it. We just you know handled our business and did what we did, and we got that chip. So that's kind of how I see things. Yeah, and and I guess. You know, you look at it, and, and it's good for Merrimack College, obviously. For good the, for the NEC. For the, for, and for the NEC. Talk yeah. to me a little bit about that. I mean, it just shows, like, I mean, they were competing with Purdue. Like, I think they were ranked number one, 116, and it shows that, you know, anyone can, compete, anyone can compete with anyone. So, I mean, they definitely put on for their school, their community, and, you know, the whole conference as a whole. So, props to them. Um. What are the thoughts going through your head watching after you go into the second round of the March Madness tournament, losing to Florida Atlantic only by eight points? You can't help but think you're obviously a better team than Fairleigh Dickinson, so you're a better team than Purdue. Uh, and with that extra edge, is there any doubt in your mind that you could have beaten Florida Atlantic and advanced to the Sweet 16 and now looking at Florida Atlantic in the Final Four? Is there any doubt in your head that this could have been you guys? I mean, for us, me and my guys, we just wanted that chance to go play on the biggest stage, like... Whenever, when you were a kid, that's all you think about playing in March Madness. So we, def want, we definitely wanted that chance, and we thought that we could beat anyone given the opportunity. So for sure. Um, move away a little bit from uh, from this past season. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about your personal <laughs> thoughts. Um, where are you at? Um, so a few weeks ago, I actually decided to um, enter the transfer portal. So that's where I'm at. Um, for me personally, I mean, I've been here at Merrimack for four years, and you know, these were an amazing four years. Um, they blessed me with the opportunity to enter the transfer portal without Merrimack. I wouldn't have been able to enter. So, I mean, I'm grateful for them. But I thought it was just, you know, a step and an opportunity for me to uh, move on and kind of look at uh, different options. You talk about the four years, uh, Jordan. All four years, the school's been on the, uh, the four-year suspension, right? right? You came in as a freshman. That was the first year, and now you're a senior. Yep. Um, you know... What made your decision to come to Merrimack to say, I'm going to be on suspension for four years and not be able to get to that next step? Right. I mean, for me, I think the suspension part, it was something that Coach Gallo mentioned, but it was never really um, that concerning for me. It never turned me down from, you know, wanting to come to Merrimack. I think when I first wanted to come here, I, I mean, I wanted to win championships. I wanted to bring the school to a higher status, um, a notable status, especially in, in the New England area. And I think that, that that we did that, not only me, but, you know, the teams that I've been with, um, the four years that I've been with, I think that we've done that each and every year. And, you know, I mean, two chips, two regular season chips and a postseason chip in, in four years, you can't, you can't be, you can't be mad at that. No, absolutely not. What's your personal take on the four-year suspension? Do you think, do you like, I mean, you know, do you think, because I talk to people, I've talked to people, they right. say they like it, they, you know, they agree with it, and then I talk to other people and they say it's the stupidest rule in the world. Right, I mean, I, I've kind of heard, like, the optics on both sides. I mean, I, looking at the other side, they don't really want teams jumping back and forth from Division Two to Division One, But at the same time, I mean, like, we're coming from Division Two to Division One. you're at a disadvantage already with, not just the faculties, but, you know, some of the players, like getting players and stuff like that, it's, it's also a disadvantage, especially when you talk about 
that suspension. But I mean, it. I mean, it. It, it, it is hard, but you know, kind of something that you kind of you know have to deal with. And it, I mean, it's like I said, it's not. It's not anything that ever turned me away from you know wanting to come to Merrimack and wanting to be at this special place. So, um, going back to you entering the the transfer portal, um, what is uh, a factor in helping you make that decision uh, where you end up how, how are you weighing your options right. when it comes to a team a school a coach etc like stuff like that I mean I think for me I think a big component of it is winning on both sides I think um, I kind of position myself and you know the team helped me position myself um, at a good place where you know we won the championship we won the postseason so and then, you know, obviously getting all those accolades and stuff like that is cool. It helps you, you know, get noticed by uh, schools and whatnot. But, I mean, for me, I want to continue that winning culture. I don't want to, you know, go to a team and, you know, be putting up stats and all that stuff but still losing. So the winning component is something that, you know, I've experienced here for four years and I'm grateful for that. And, you know, it's something that I want to continue to experience and um, kind of being on the team and, you know, continue to dance in March Madness next year. So that's the goal. <laughs> Where are you, um, what are you down to uh, for schools now? Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, down to a couple of schools, a handful of the schools that, um, that I'm most in contact with is Iowa, University of Virginia, Seton Hall, Wake Forest, Richmond, um, University of Rhode Island, and then Florida Gulf Coast University. So those are the schools that, uh, that I've, I've been in contact with the most. And have you been able to, you know, see them all? Are you waiting to try and go check out the campus, stuff like that? Right. I mean, I've t I've t I've taken. Well, I've I've t I've had zooms with um, pretty most all of those schools except for Seton Hall. I probably have um, that zoom tomorrow um, on Tuesday. So looking forward to that. But I'm actually in the in the process of trying to, you know, schedule those visits and try to go out there. But I, I've I've either seen uh, in person or talked to, um, through Zoom to most of the coaches. So. That's kind of where I'm at, trying to schedule these visits. And when do you think, you know, we can expect a, uh, a decision from you looking forward? Right. I mean, for me, I think I'm at a good pl place right now, scheduling visits. So, I mean, for me, I always wanted, <clears throat> grateful for the opportunity, you know, coaches reaching out and stuff like that. But I also wanted to be respectful and not, you know, drag out the process for any coach or waste anyone's time. So for me, I think. Uh, I'll probably say somewhere in two to three weeks, probably a decision will be made. And then, you know, just making that public is probably going to be something that comes after soon. But I, like I said, I don't want to make this a whole drawn out process and, you know, be disrespectful. I, I want to respect everyone's time and, you know, just them reaching out to me is a blessing in itself. So uh, lastly, to your uh, to your fans, classmates, everybody here at, you know, coaches, you know, teammates here at Merrimack. Any any last final, you know, words as you depart on on your next journey? Um. I mean, I keep saying this, I, like, I'm grateful. I mean, coming out of high school, like, I wasn't heavily recruited. Merrimack was literally the only place, only school that wanted me. And, you know, to feel not wanted and, and, you know, that one person giving you that opportunity, that one school giving you that chance to be great, to be successful and to be who you are. I mean, I'm, I'm forever grateful, forever indebted to this school, not only the school, but the people in the community that's made it feel like a home to me the past four years. So, I mean... I mean, I have love for this school, and, and this will be my home for years and years and years to come. So, Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate you uh, t taking time and uh, coming on the show today. Yes, sir. I appreciate you for having me. All righty, and that's Merrimack's basketball player, Jordan Minor. Uh, 
giving us a you know some some type of an idea of of where he's going to be heading uh you know in his uh future when it comes down to um you know when it comes down to the schools uh you know telling us that uh it is down to Iowa UVA Seton Hall Wake Forest uh Richmond URI uh or Florida Gulf Coast and you know also adding in there and that uh, probably looking uh, as a time frame when he'll know, uh, probably in the next uh, two to three weeks. Uh, so anyways, want to give an extra thanks to uh, Jordan for coming on the show and doing the interview um, with me and, and giving uh, a front row seat uh, to where he's at um, when entering the, the transfer portal um, this, se- this past season, his past four years. Here at Merrimack, uh, and I know you know from speaking from Merrimack students and uh, and the community, uh, we thank you for for all you did. Um, you know something that something that Jordan and, and the rest of the seniors did as well was uh, he did a like a like a march. It wasn't a march. Uh, madness kicked off, but I think it was like a madness uh, night, something like that, along the lines of uh, kickoff that was uh, back in the fall before their season. And so that was very good to that that he did that, and um, I was fortunate enough. He asked me to MC the event, and um, so that was awesome. That was a good you know good experience um, for me, I think, for the community, and obviously just kind of wrapped up. You know, he's we, we started like that and and ended uh, on a high note with the uh, conference championship. Uh, so with that, let's go to Mo from the Cape. Mo, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, Mary Mac had quite a good year in uh, hockey and. And basketball, I guess, eh? Yeah, hockey and basketball, you know, two great years. Just had the uh interv- just had my interview on with uh one of the basketball players, Jordan Minor, who's uh gonna be who entered uh the transfer portal and will be moving on uh in the future. And as far as hockey goes, uh, you know, their season was cut short because hockey was previous previously already division one. Um they were able to you know, play in the in the national uh, you know playoffs, uh, but unfortunately, you know their their season ending ending shorter than what they would uh, like to on Saturday oh, night yeah. against a very good uh, uh, Quinnipiac team who has moved on to uh, play in the in the Frozen Four. I saw that Quinnipiac's got quite a little hockey dynasty going down there. Yeah, they're good. You know, they yeah. took down they good. took down us. They took down uh, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State, you know, shout out to two yeah. two local kids, uh, Jake Wise, who went to Central Catholic High School, as well as uh, Joe Dunlap, two two big stars uh, on the Ohio State Buckeyes uh, men's Correct. hockey team. Are those those boys? I I caught that. Not the end of a kids, I believe. Uh, no, uh, Joe is Joe is a uh, Joe's a Wyndham guy, and then uh, Jake is a I think Reading or North Reading guy. Yep. I saw somewhere on the uh, Bruins game, I think they mentioned that a couple of kids they were doing something about Ohio State. Well, so the uh, the the um, the Carolina Hurricanes head coach, his son was actually uh, is was actually is on the Quinnipiac team, and uh, so his oh. so the um, the Panth- um, Hurricanes head coach actually attended the. Um, the game on Friday night against Merrimack, and uh, I assumed I don't know if he did a, a little uh, scouting routine on Saturday when the Bruins uh, played the Lightning uh, ahead of their game on on Sunday or not. But uh, 
He obviously wasn't there to to see them win on on Sunday against Ohio State, but I'm sure he'll do everything he can to be at the uh, the Final Four game. Yeah, Frozen Four. Frozen Four. Frozen Four. Seems yeah. like the Midwest. Minnesota's got a good team. I think they're still in it. I got a. I haven't followed it till I've been back a few days. How was like now? How was uh, how was Florida? You were out there. You te- you catch some uh, spring training at all? Well, no, we were in Miami. Okay, you didn't make the trek over, huh? But before, no, no baseball. Uh, but uh, then we were in the we were in El Paso for um, some weeks in the uh, late winter. There you go. Anyhow, what do you think about uh, loving the uh, March Madness, aren't you? Hey, the March Madness is good. The March Madness is good. And feeding back to uh, my interview with Jordan and, and everything, you know, we saw the you know the, the Merrimack men's basketball team beat Farley Dickinson. Farley Dickinson won their playing game and then played uh, one of the top seeds uh, in Purdue and took them down. And then they went to go play Florida Atlantic and unfortunately lost against Florida Atlantic, but only by eight points. Yeah. And you, it was something I talked about with Jordan was you can only wonder uh, how, you know, if Merrimack could have beaten uh, Florida Atlantic and then end up in Florida Atlantic shoes now uh, yeah. being in the Final Four. You'll never, You'll never know, but I saw that. There was a technicality. Merrimack, actually, I followed that. Yep. Finished above Farley Dickinson. That's right. But what was the technicality? They couldn't uh, enter the tournament for what reason? So, because Merrimack went from Division Two to Division One, they're ineligible um, for for uh, they call it a four year transition period from Division Two to Division One, um, and so basically that's can't can't play in any of the playoffs. Maybe Charlie Baker will change that around. Who knows? Ah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, anyways, very max athletic teams are uh, starting to become, uh, you know, powerful and uh, recognized. Obviously. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's been an exciting time here on uh, here on campus the last month or so, if you will. Well, that's good. Now, how about those Red Sox? I don't know what's going to happen there. I. Uh, I'm going to give them, uh, luckily, my prediction is maybe 80 victories. Uh, they're picking them fifth in the division. Yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not, I'm not going to hold my breath or anything. I, I don't think, uh, I don't think they're going to be doing too well. But at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if they actually uh, make some type of a, t- type of a run, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I can't understand it. Celtics are uh, okay, but uh, they're doing well. The Bruins are just incredible. Yeah, the 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 Bruins are doing really well. Um, I would like to see them start sitting some people uh, looking forward, um, because obviously you know these guys are going to be tired from the season, and then we're going to be going. In, hopefully, we'll be on a long playoff stretch uh, to the Stanley Cup champ, you know, playoffs, and so you know, hopefully. Hopefully we're in good shape. So hopefully we get the guys that need some rest, need some rest. I like how we rested, uh, you know, Bergeron, Marshawn, and uh, Lindholm in yesterday's game, second of a back-to-back. I thought that was very good, very positive. 
and uh, I'll look for them to give to give some of these uh, veteran guys and and even some of the guys that are just you know banged up um, injury wise from the whole season. Get them some rest so they can uh, so so they're fresh uh, come playoff time. I agree. It's a long season and they, it's a rugged game. No question about it. All right. Well, anyways, I gotta go get the golf clubs, uh, you know, cleaned up and get ready for the season. That's right, baby. The Masters are next week. Next week. Went in two thousand two. I'll never forget it. One of the greatest sporting events I ever attended. There you go. Thank you, Mo. Uh, okay. All right, so there's uh, Mo from the Cape for you with a uh, few takes on, uh, obviously, an exciting time, like I said, uh, here in uh, here at Merrimack College uh, with the men's ice hockey team advancing to the uh, to the national, you know, playoffs, and uh, unfortunately, you know, having their their season end end shortly, uh, and then obviously moving, uh, you know, mentioning the men's basketball team who won the. NEC uh, conference championship uh, a few weeks ago, probably a month ago now. Um, so obviously, congratulations to them on doing that. Obviously, disappointing that they're not able to uh, advance uh, further. Um, but hey, the uh, four-year ineligibility, uh, everybody has to go through it. So there's no uh, there's no way around it. Anyways, phone lines are open, 978-296-3245. That's 978-296-3245. I'll be on for around the next 20, 25 minutes or so. So feel free to uh, call in and give me your take. Lots of happening, uh, you know, in this day of sports. You have a lot of uh, an exciting a- action with March Madness. Like I said, uh, n- all the number one teams are now out. All the number one teams are out. Um, and it's, you know, between... Between uh, between four teams now, as they're in uh, as they're in the the March uh, March Madness Final Four, and uh, like I said, the first game on uh, on Saturday night is going to be San Diego State, the five seed, versus Florida Atlantic University, the nine seed, at six oh nine p.m. Uh, who will play, and winner of that will go on to play the four seed UConn against the five seed Miami at eight forty. Nine. So, uh, interesting situation here as far as the Final Four goes uh, for the men's uh, men's basketball in the NCAA. Uh, with that, let's go to Ray from Methuen. Ray, what's going on today? Hey, Harrison. Uh, it was good to uh, listen to Jordan uh, on your uh, program earlier. And, you know, all that speculation uh, that went on. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of that uh, four-year four-year uh, curfew, but uh, I guess I understand. Uh, I've heard uh, various reports as, as to why it is. And one of, one of them is that uh, it allows the, the uh, school to get their scholarships in line. Some of these guys go into uh, Division One, and they have more money to uh, spend as far as uh, scholarships. Uh, to bring in uh, athletes, and, and uh, it gives them an opportunity to start uh, really following the NCAA uh, guidelines. That's that's just one of the reasons. Also, to make sure that their facilities are up to Division One, uh, Division One capabilities. So there are a number of uh, factors that, that are involved, and 
I, I don't think you're going to find uh, any changes in it uh, for the foreseeable future. But congratulations to Merrimack College basketball for what they've accomplished. And a lot of people, they may or may not understand that as far as the uh, hockey team is concerned, they played at the Boston Garden. They played in an overtime game Boston University for the conference championship, the the Big East championship, as a matter of fact. And that game went into overtime, and unfortunately, Boston University scored the winning goal in overtime, and they uh, represented the uh, Hockey East and got the number one, uh, I think it was number one seed seating, uh, but they got that seating up at Manchester, New Hampshire. It would have been great. You know, you say uh, could have, would have, and should have, but uh, it would have been great if the Merrimack faithful were able to go up to Manchester, New Hampshire to, to uh, cheer on the team uh, in the, uh, the round of 16. So, it was great. Uh, Merrimack uh, was extremely well represented at Boston Garden. And, you know, what else could you expect? The excitement on, on uh, campus. You, you're on campus. You know the excitement that was generated. Yeah, definitely. It's been, a, like I said before, it's been an exciting time um, here at Merrimack over the past month or so between the Merrimack men's basketball team uh, winning the you know, winning the the NEC championship, and then of course uh, the hockey team going on the run that they've been on. Um, you know, in the second round beating BC here at Merrimack, and then uh, playing Friday night at the Garden uh, against UMass Lowell, beating them, and then playing Saturday against uh, BU, obviously in, in in a tough loss. Uh, but obviously, but then being able to get a bid uh, to go to the nat- that national um, playoffs and. You know, unfortunately, coming up short, but it was uh, it's it's all been a, a great time. Merrimack um, has done a great job as far as it, from a fan and student perspective, sending multiple uh, buses uh, to each and every event uh, that the Merrimack uh, hockey team has had, from uh, the Garden on Friday and Saturday to all the way down uh, to Bridgeport, Connecticut, uh, last Friday. So they've done a great job. So, you know, shout out to, again, to athletic director here at, at Merrimack, Jeremy Gibson, um, and President Hopi for, you know, doing everything they can to give the students that experience uh, to go to those games and support uh, support our team. So it's been uh, it's been a fun time. And, you know, like I said, unfortunately, you know, came 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 to an end uh, shorter than we would have liked. But um Definitely, definitely some accomplishments that that we have to look back on uh, and pat ourselves on the back for, and and you know have it as a learning experience. Well, absolutely. And uh, one thing that, that hasn't been mentioned uh, really is that uh, prior to that BU game, Merrimack had to go into double overtime in order to beat uh, UMass Lowell, and prior to that, the week uh, I believe it was. Uh, they went to so against BC. BC they were in double overtime. UMass Lowell they were in double overtime. Against BU they were in just an overtime. Um, so they've played a lot of hockey. They've ha- they've played a lot of hockey uh, over the past you know within a week time span. Um, 
And so I'm I'm sure those boys are the bo- the boys are tired and are glad to uh, you know as disappointing as they are I'm sure they're glad to kick off the skates and uh, you know throw the feet up on the couch and kind of just relax and you know not worry about playing uh, multiple extra games after only really supposed to having to play one. Well, and actually, you know, while, while uh, that that UMass Lowell game and the BU game, the, the, there was no time off. Uh, they they played on what Friday night and then Saturday night they're playing Correct. BU. Yep. Or however it it, it uh, fell, so it it's, uh, it was extremely tiring. Even though BU the night before they also went into an overtime period, but. It was it was uh, a double overtime for for Merrimack, and that had to really exhaust the players. But getting on to the uh, so again, congratulations, and I hope that the the spring season uh, brings success to all of the Merrimack teams. I mean, you know, this is a big time, and and in this area, a lot of people are uh, cheering on. They're following the lacrosse and. and uh, so I'm sure that uh, the men's and women's lacrosse team, they're up for the challenge. And and uh, if they start if they start winning, or I, I don't even know what their record is, but uh, if they start bringing that same type of enthusiasm to the Merrimack Valley, you're going to see a great support for for these uh, spring teams also. But uh, getting on to uh, well, you know. Opening day is uh, Thursday, so I hope all the people who are going to be going down to Fenway Park on uh, Thursday afternoon, I hope they uh, they have all their uh, heaviest uh, winter clothes on because I understand the temperature will, will do well just to get in, into the mid-40s. Definitely, the scheduling is horrible. Teams in the Northeast... Uh, such as ourselves, such as the uh, Yankee uh, New York teams. You know, it's too cold. It's too cold. And then you look at the, the Chicago teams. You look at the Minnesota. It's too cold to, to be opening up the season in this particular area. Let's have those games scheduled for the, for the South. Um, you know, there are plenty of teams there. Uh, we can play California teams. We can play the Texas teams. So what are you gonna do, Ray? What are you gonna do? What do you, so? So what are you gonna do? You you rather not have home field advantage when it comes to playoff games and World Series because it might be a little chilly. I mean, come on. No, I'm not talking about. I'm not. No, 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 no. But it's I'm similar. You go down this road, Ray. No, you go down this road. You go down this road of now getting rid of these, uh, you know, this first month or so, if you will, of games that you just want in California and warm temperatures, well, then you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, well, you know what? Let's have the World Series at a designated spot because it's too cold. Come on. I think you're still frosty from that word last week or something. Hey, listen. Listen. That whole middle of the country has been hit with uh, all kinds of bad weather. Uh, when we had the the, uh, the rain here this past weekend, they were having snow out there. So don't give me this rubbish. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. As soon as we start talking about that, we see you later to World Series in Boston, and and they'll be 
in you know sunny Florida or LA, wherever it is. So it's warm, like the Super Bowl nowadays, because it has to be you know in a in an enclosed stadium. Come on. No, no, the season is too long as it is. A hundred and sixty days. Here they are starting April thirtieth. Hundred sixty games. Hundred sixty games, not days. Uh, that's what I meant. Okay, so hundred sixty uh, games. They're starting April thirtieth. Too early. They won't be ending March thirtieth. March thirtieth. You're on a roll today. March thirtieth. I know. That's all right. I don't have my calendar in front of me. Uh, hey, you know, I have a question for you. Moving off the Red Sox real quick, because I know you love John. I know you love John Henry, and to pick on John Henry, but you know, let's look at another owner, Robert Kraft. Did you see Robert Kraft's cute little puppy he has down there at uh, at, at at the meetings called Heisman? What do you think about that? No, I didn't see that. Oh, no, you I should see. You should see it. I don't think it's his. I think it's that that new wife of his. But uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I wanted to take your opinion. You're very strong against John Henry. Didn't know what you thought about Robert Kraft bringing around, bringing Heisman around uh, the interviews and everything like that. Well, hey, uh, I think Joe Bellino was the last uh, Heisman Trophy winner that the uh, Patriots had on their uh, their uh, squad, and uh, you don't even know that name. <laughs> so, uh, so it shows you how far back that that uh, that goes. But uh, I said uh, probably last year that Kraft has to shoulder some of the responsibility because he is the guy who is signing the checks. We all blame Belichick, and rightfully so. We we blame Belichick, but I I think that Belichick is, uh, I know. He is taking orders from up above, Robert and his uh, son, and, and they want to make as much money, and you can't blame them. I don't know if he is. I don't know if I don't know if that's of how much of it is true because Robert Kraft, you know, said. Meek Mill, who's a good friend of Robert's, texted him three or four days ago and said, Lamar Jackson wants to be a Patriot. If Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft really made those decisions, I think Kraft would have brought Lamar Jackson in. But Kraft said it was Bill's decision. It was Bill's decision. You don't know what Bill has has, uh, decided right now. The season is so far... Uh, away. They're not even going to start the, uh, well, they're not even going to have the uh, the draft until, uh, what, another four weeks. Boy, you're so, starting to sound like, you're so, you're starting to sound like Bill Belichick when deflecting questions today, saying, oh, it's only March, well, season March. starts in September. There's plenty of time, and you wow. know what's going on. You, you sound just like him. We, we do not know what's going on behind the scenes. You're right, we don't. We know, for all we know, Jackson might be signed. But we don't know that. We don't know that. And right now, what, what will that do to the psyche of... Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't care what Jones. it does. I don't care what it does to, uh, well, to Mac but, Jones. I don't care. Boomer, I'd get rid of Mac Jones. I'd get rid of Mac Jones, keep Bailey Zappi, have, have, have Zappi be the backup, get Jones out of here. 
Wish Jones, well, never mind. I'm not going to go down that route. Well, I'm just uh, saying we could trade. I, I think the conversation is trading Jones and the uh, 14th overall pick for Lamar Jackson. Well, that may be that may be plausible. Let's see if that works. Let's see if that works. I do we're it. We're not going to know that until draft night. Uh, well, that's the last time. That's the last time we'll find out if that happens. But I think a, a move like that would not happen. I think that would happen a, a little before the draft night. Well, it could also it could also be a deal worked out uh, by the, the Patriots and Baltimore. Correct. Uh, as to you know, on draft night. All right, you have the 14th pick, and this is who who is available. This is who we want. You know, so so they they uh, draft that person. That person goes out on the big stage with uh, Roger Goodell. They give a little hug and uh, and so forth. And Goodell gives him the Patriots hat. He puts it on, and then as soon as he goes backstage, that Patriots hat is off, and and all the theatrics are done. Uh, you know, our guys, uh, our our reporters and everything, they'll be there and they're swooning over the number one pick, pick that the uh, Patriots did. So, and of course, that'd be critical if it didn't fit on our needs. But the Patriots still have some holes to uh, fill. And let's see if that ha- that happens, uh, whether it's through the draft or some, some of these uh, free agents that are still around. And last but not, uh, well, you know, the, Nothing to say really on, on the Celtics and the and the Bruins. They're both uh, Celtics were just unbelievable yesterday with that with that game. But uh, I you know I still think they they have some sloppy play. But yesterday all the uh, subs were in there at the end of the game. The Bruins uh, again they've the been pretty uh, the pretty fortunate with the exception yesterday they played a hard uh, hard nosed game and and uh, went to a shootout. So they're having. That uh, that particular type of experience, but now we have uh, opening opening day of the season. Uh, I just touched upon it briefly, and you already reprimanded me on it. But uh, and and I have another uh, call Mo coming in. I have another call. Okay, so real Mo quick. All right, Mo mentioned 80, 80 games. They'll be lucky to reach eighty games. And all right, we'll leave it at that. There you have it. Thanks for calling in, Ray. Appreciate it. Okay. All right. All right, so there's Ray from Methuen for you with a uh, with a few takes on uh, just about everything. Uh, Merrimack Sports, the Patriots, the Bruins, Celtics, and Red Sox. Can't be better than that. Anyways, go ahead. I can get in one more call, 978-296-3245. That's 978-296-3245. Lots happening uh, today, obviously, between uh, obviously the Red Sox opening day coming up. I don't really know how many people actually care about that because the Red Sox are just not doing that well. Uh, and then, you know, the Celtics and the Bruins, they're winding down their seasons uh, next week. And so, you know, I would look for, you know, I would look I, I would look for the Bruins to really start uh, resting people. And I think the Celtics, I think they have to try and, and go get this, uh, go get this win against the Milwaukee Bucks, see where they sit after that, and then... And then go from there, uh, because I think if we if we're able to get that number one seed uh, and take that from them, I think that would be I think that would be huge. 
uh, obviously we you know we want home court advantage uh, throughout the playoffs because that's the best. That's the best home court advantage. Uh, so with that, let me go to uh, our last caller of the day, Bill from the car. Bill, what's going on today? Harrison, I'm honored you took my call. Thank you. And it's an honor to be the last caller of the day. No problem. You might have to fight Ray a little bit because, you know, I had to give him the boot, but that's all right. Um, no, just a couple comments on the Celtics. Um, you know, the media is kind of bashing Joe Missoula uh, a little bit um, for his for his lack of coaching or... They're actually, some people are saying that they should have taken Damon Stoudemire and made him the head coach right away. But I heard an interesting statistic today that they have one more win than they had last year. And, you know, Joe Mazzulla is the head, the head coach and he's, he's doing a better job than the previous guy. What's your is he? on that? Yes. It- I'm not confident. I'm not confident in his coaching. I'm not. I don't know if he knows when to take timeouts. I don't know if he knows when to tell a guy to take the night off because we want to rest them. I don't know. I think a lot of things are up in the air, but I, I, I don't know if he's the guy. I don't. And, you know, some people are all excited because, you know, Joe Missoula, you know, they, they signed him and now, you know, whoop de doo it's great. Udoka's gone. I don't know. Maybe they stepped a little too fast. Maybe they stepped a little too fast. I know Brad Stevens, one of his cases was, you know, he didn't want the talk about, you know, if Joe Missoula was going to be the coach next year going into the playoffs, going into the NBA finals if possible, and basically didn't want that as a distraction. So they took care of it in the middle of the season. I get that point, but how do we know if Joe Missoula is even the guy? I mean, here we are coming down the stretch. We have people in the locker room aren't happy, like Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's been crying to any media outlet that will go talk to him and do an interview with. And then he cries about the comments that he makes and that he says basically the articles are fake and that they're not, you know, they're, they're mixing his words and all this stuff. Then don't do the interviews if that's what it's going to be. But obviously, Jalen Brown wanted to get out there and he wanted to voice how he was feeling because poor Jalen Brown. And so it feels like where we were last end of December, January, right before we flipped the switch and we went on the run. And yet now we're dealing with it at the end of March, heading into the playoffs. And I don't like that one bit at all. And I would really hate for there to be a distraction uh, when coming down the when coming down the line, and it and, and it's Jalen Brown, it's him. He's insecure about himself because he 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 called Kevin Durant, uh, not not Kevin Durant. He called uh, Jason Tatum and Brad Stevens on a three way call when the rumors were up about him being traded for Kevin Durant because Jason Tatum's good buddies with him and they work out together and blah blah blah. Give me a break, Jalen Brown. Give me a break. So, listen, I don't know. I I hope we can figure something out. It it, it seems like, you know, we were in a little bit of a losing streak, and it seems like we kind of have popped out of it. But I'm concerned. I'm not as confident as I was last year. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you that much. So, 
I, lots well, of- I think Brad Stevens, I think his hands were tied a little bit off on this extension because, you know, uh, Joe Missoula was the, the, the all-star coach. And as you know, when, when these guys go to an all-star game, they're all getting together, they're talking, they're scheming on, you know, what players like each other and who wants to play with who next year. And, you know, if Joe Missoula wasn't locked into the Celtics, I think it gave some of the other teams an opportunity to, to maybe get him. Um, so I, I don't think Brad Stevens had a choice. I think he had to lock him up. I can, so I, 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 I see made, that. I think he made the right move, um, locking him up. And you know what? If, if he doesn't work out, he can, you know, they, the Celtics have enough money to eat it, you know? So, yep. uh, Jalen Brown, you know, this is the world we live in with these professional athletes. You know, it's all about respect. It's all about, you know, making more money, being the highest paid than the next guy. Um, but I think it's more of a respect thing with Jalen Brown and, um, you know, being being a little bit in uh, Jason Tatum's shadow. So I think they'll be fine. I think everybody's overreacting right now. Um, I do see us getting to the conference finals again. Um, but we need to, you know... we. Philly and Milwaukee, they're, they're tough. Uh, it's going to take a healthy Robert Williams to be in the lineup for us to, to do anything. Definitely so, agree. Um, Thank you as always, Bill. Your, all, all right. Thanks, Harrison. All right. So there's uh, there's Bill from the car for you with the, uh, a few of his takes uh, on the Celtics. And as we go down uh, the wire here and, and approach the uh, approach the playoffs and the finals and the decision to uh, – that made uh, Brad Stevens, uh, that or Brad Stevens, Joe Missoula, the head coach uh, of the Boston Celtics. So with that, that's going to do it for me uh, here on the show today. Thank you all for uh, listening and tuning in. Uh, thank you, special thank you to Jordan Miner for coming in and uh, letting me interview him as he has entered the transfer portal and says goodbye to Merrimack College. I'll be back on next Monday on the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase. As always, for day-to-day hourly updates, you can follow me on Twitter at HarrisonChase5. That's HarrisonChase5 on Twitter for day-to-day hourly updates. As always, thank you to all my listeners and callers and all my supporters. And we'll see you next week right here on the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase. You've been listening to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase. Mondays at 5, only on WMCK, the sound of Merrimack.